Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcast. We welcome you on a Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed your victory Monday, Cleveland. Yeah, baby. In Pittsburgh, I hope you enjoyed your... Oh, wait. No, 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 no. We don't... Pittsburgh didn't have a victory Monday, did they? No. Three straight losses, actually, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. And all three of them, the offense looked miserable. Oh, well. Anyway, today we want to start the show talking about baseball. We're going to get into the Chargers-Raiders game from last night. But first, the New York Yankees tonight are going to Boston to take on the Red Sox at Fenway Park. This is the American League wildcard game. Garrett Cole will take on uh, take the hill for New York. He goes against Nathan Eovaldi. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show again on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, first of all, uh, it, it, first of all, if this game tonight doesn't excite you, you don't have a pulse. You simply do not have a pulse if this game does not hit your radar and you're thinking this is a must watch tonight i i i I can't just it's like sunday night with with the uh you know like my like my dad i'm talking to my dad um before the sunday night football game and i'm like man you you ready for this game tonight it's gonna be something else whatever the bucks are gonna kill the patriots who gives a rip like, dude, are you serious right now? And I'm sure he'll say the same thing about Boston and New York tonight if I asked him. I have to bring him on the show one time. But like Sunday, the Bucks Patriots, Belichick versus Brady, that was, you know, just that was just special all by itself. Tonight, the Yankees Red Sox, I mean, this is just this is the cream of the crop. This is the bread and butter of of Major League Baseball. You're talking about the Boston Red Sox. You're talking about the New York Yankees. You're talking about the American League Wild Card game. I mean, for the right to advance to the ALDS, the rivalry, everything, if this doesn't excite you, you have no pulse. None. However, the Red Sox record against the Yankees this season, so let's break it down. We'll break down the game. 10-9, and so about 500. All right, one more loss, and they would have split 10-10 and 10 at a 500 mark against the Yankees this year. The Red Sox are 2-4 and four when Nathan Eovaldi pitches against New York. So, we already talked about Boston not earning it to get in. They had that late game comeback on Sunday to uh, come back and beat the Nationals. We get that. 
But they did not, in my opinion, earn the right to be in this game. All season long, I've been saying this. They don't have that ace. Their bullpen, not very good. The Yankees are sending out Garrett Cole tonight, okay? And while Nathan Eovaldi, the Red Sox are 2-4 and four when Nathan Eovaldi pitches against New York. The Yankees are two and two when Boston is or against Boston when Cole is on the mound. All right, but when Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi takes place this season, it's happened twice. The Yankees won both of those games at a combined score eleven to four. So you take it for what you want. But the Red Sox again are two and four when Eovaldi pitches against New York. And the Yankees are 2-2 two and two when Cole pitches against Boston. But when the two face against each other, the Yankees have won 11-4, winning both, the, winning both the games. It should be noted that in Cole's two losses to the Boston Red Sox, he gave up eight runs in ten innings of work. But listen, I think the Yankees are just the better team here. I think they will win the game tonight. I am really looking forward to this because the winner would then play the Tampa Bay Rays, which would be another American uh, American League East showdown, and that would be really fun. But I really think that the New York Yankees, when you're talking about the, the Yankees as a whole, as a team schedule for a one game, you know what? If it was a series, I may go Boston. I really may. I might go Red Sox in a series, a five-game series against the Yankees, but in a one-game set, I mean, it's inevitable that the Yankees are the favorite tonight. It's inevitable that the Yankees are going to win tonight with Garrett Cole, the ace on the mound, the better bullpen, the better hitters, in my opinion. I mean, the, the, the Yankees are home run or bust. So I've said this also. If the Yankees are going to lose tonight, if the Red Sox they, the Red Sox hit for better contact, okay, the Red Sox are going to put the bat, the bat on the ball. They're going to try to move runners. If the Yankees don't hit a home run tonight, they're not going to win the ball game. They live and die by the home run ball. So if you are going to be New York and show up to Fenway tonight and not put one or two over the Green Monster. Joey Gallo's not going to yank one down the right field line at 302. You like you 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 need these guys, Judge, Stanton, these guys that you brought into the Bronx, the Bronx Bombers, this is what the team is made of now. That they need to come through. I think they do. I'm just I'm throwing that out there that if the Red Sox can hold the Yankees in check and the Yankees aren't going to hit home run tonight, multiple, they're not going to win. I mean that's just that's that's just what happens when you are a home run or bust baseball team. Now listen, I did have the Yankees preseason um favorites in in well not favorites, but when it comes to the wild card, when it comes to the postseason, I had the Blue Jays and the Yankees making it over the Red Sox. I was wrong on that one. But I don't think I'm gonna be wrong here. I don't think New York loses this game tonight. It's gonna be a good one. You bet, you bet your ass I'll be watching it. All right, yesterday I made some comments here on the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, and a lot of it was very unpopular in Cleveland, apparently. 
I thought a lot of people would have had the same. Um, I thought a lot of people would have had the same opinion as me, but a lot of people, you know, I had a lot of pushback, a lot of criticism about this. But you know, it's fine. Listen, I wasn't blaming or bashing Baker Mayfield yesterday at all. As most of you know, I'm actually one of Baker's biggest supporters, like ever, especially in Cleveland. I've backed that guy on everything. I used to go to war for that guy. And sometimes I I looked back and I'm like, man, they were probably right. I have been on record stating that the Browns should pay Bake, you know, now no need to wait for anything. There's There's no need to give him another season, see what he has. No need for all of that. Baker Mayfield, I want to go on record saying this before people get the wrong idea. I am a huge Baker Mayfield fan. In fact, Baker Mayfield is the greatest quarterback in my lifetime that's ever put on a Cleveland Browns uniform, and it's not even close. It's not even close. There is not one quarterback in the last 20 years in the in the city of Cleveland that's put on the brown and orange that you can even compare to Baker, and that's how big the gap is, okay? That's how good Baker Mayfield has been for the Cleveland Browns. That's how good Baker Mayfield has been for the city of Cleveland. The biggest issue, uh, what was the biggest issue in Cleveland over the last 20 plus seasons? What was it? The constant change in management. The constant change of coach, different coach, different GM every other year. But the biggest issue in Cleveland for all that time was the quarterback. You remember? You know what I'm talking about. The damn list of QBs. The long, dreaded list of quarterbacks that were never drafted in the top half of the first round. Look back at the drafts, man. Every time Cleveland drafted a quarterback other than Tim Couch and Baker Mayfield, all of the quarterbacks drafted in between were in either the later rounds or after the 16th pick in the first round. Just being honest with you. We are talking about a team with a constant quarterback problem. There was not there was never an offseason that, that that the there was never an offseason that we that went by where we didn't talk about the quarterback position in Cleveland. Never. That was the hottest topic for anybody in the city of Cleveland. At any time of the year, it was not just football season. This was, if you turned on Brown's radio from 1999 to the year Baker Mayfield was drafted, and even two years in, the only thing you ever heard of, the first thing, the most popular topic, was the Browns quarterback problem. It would it, 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 we could be sitting in the middle of June. The Indians were really good. Going to just got done a, off of a World Series run. 
And this is what we get. Nothing but Browns talk about the quarterback. Well, we finally have one in the city of Cleveland. Okay? And he started for three consecutive seasons, now on his fourth year in a row, and he's had one bad game. I come on here, say a few bad words about him, and and, and now I'm being ripped? How, how the hell does that make any sense? I had a few bad words about him yesterday. That's it. I, I critiqued his game. It's my job. It's my job to give you my opinion. You're listening to this show right now because of my opinion. What do you want me to do? Come on here and say that Baker Mayfield played a hell of a game? That's not my role. My role isn't to, on the Cleveland sports fan isn't to come on this show and tell Cleveland what Cleveland wants to hear. I'm a lifelong Cleveland sports fan, damn it. I've, I've lived through... 24 years of miserable hell. Miserable hell. I can't come on here and and critique my quarterback on a Sunday afternoon where he was 15 for 33 and played the worst game that I've seen him play since Freddie Kitchens was his head coach. We're allowed to be greedy now, people. We don't live in those times anymore. And I've had to realize this for myself recently, actually. We no longer live in the in this era where we have to just accept anything at quarterback. Oh, yeah, the guy can throw down the field. Sure, suit him up. The hell? It's literally what we used to say. It can't be that way anymore. Baker has spoiled this city, this football team, too much. Stefanski spoiled it too much. The expectations are there. There were no expectations in Cleveland. Uh, 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 never. There was never any expectations in Cleveland for any of these teams. The point is, I'm going to point out Baker Mayfield's bad games. You need to expect that. If Baker Mayfield has another bad game this Sunday against the Chargers, and this is really what, what alarmed me and really why I brought it up. The Browns are 3-1. and one. Yeah, the Browns also have three wins against three teams with losing records. They lost to the Chiefs, okay? They now are going to go up against the Los Angeles Chargers, who I have ranked higher than the Chiefs, okay? They lost to the Chiefs. They're going to have their hands full this weekend uh, in L.A. Baker Mayfield cannot do what he did last week against Minnesota. But I will say this. If the Browns go into L.A., Baker Mayfield throws for 28 of 34 for 200 yards and a touchdown, no picks. The Browns' run game rushes for about 150 yards on the Chargers, and the Browns walk away with a 24-21 loss. I'll feel a whole hell of a lot better than I did yesterday morning after watching how Baker Mayfield performed on Sunday against Minnesota. Because quite frankly, that game should have been 28-7, 35-7 in the bag, and there's no reason that we should have been even in that ball game at the end of it. But I digress. Like I said, it was a hell of a team win. The, t- the defense and the special teams carried us, which is a positive. That is something to look forward to. I also think that it's a very good thing that we're sitting here in now week five of the NFL season 
And we're not talking about the defense. We're not talking about the special teams. We are talking about the offense. Why is that a good a good thing? Because the offense has proven itself to be good. The offense has proven itself to be, you know, a, a workhorse, run first, you know, ground and pound, we are going to dominate you type of offense. So after one bad game, a couple bad games actually, the bit the Houston game wasn't 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 very pretty. The Bears game wasn't very pretty, and now a third consecutive game where the offense isn't necessarily clicking, firing on all cylinders, it's just it's just raised a red flag. Nothing to panic about. Nothing to sit here and throw in the towel about. I still think the Browns win the AFC North. I still think the Brownies are going to the Super Bowl. You're damn right. You're damn right. But let's stop being so greedy, Cleveland. We are good now. The Browns are good now. You can expect that, okay? You can expect it. If your quarterback's playing bad, you need to let him know, all right? You need to You need to be, you know, uh, you need to accept it for yourself. You need to be aware of yourself and just know that it'll be all right. The Brownies are good. Just because you come and, and critique someone on the team. If Nick Chubb has a bad game in L.A., I'm going to say he has a bad game in L.A. doesn't mean I hate Nick Chubb. But like I said, my job's not my job on the Cleveland sports fan is not to come on here and give Cleveland what they want to hear. My job is to come on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network on the Burley Gunner show and give Burley Gunner's opinion about Cleveland and about other things, not just Cleveland, which which brings up this topic. There has been talks about Las Vegas quarterback Derek Carr, you know, not being the guy in Las Vegas. Um, This has actually gone on since Las Vegas was in Oakland. The fans of the Raiders say that they need to they they need to see more from Derek Carr. Well, personally, I just think that, and I've been saying this for the last few seasons. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stamp it now. The Raiders need to move off of Derek Carr. All right. Now, this isn't saying that Derek Carr doesn't deserve a starting job, because quite frankly, if you are a top half of the league quarterback, then yeah, you deserve a job. Okay. If you are a top thirty-two quarterback, you know, in the NFL, then yeah, obviously you deserve a job. But not with the not with Las Vegas Raiders. The what what does Derek Carr do? Okay, he's got a hell of an arm. He he's not fast, but he's athletic. He seems to be he he seems to have a really good heart for the game. What else does Derek Carr have? Think about it. What else does Derek Carr have with the Las Vegas Raiders? They have a division loaded with young, talented phenom quarterbacks okay think about it just think about the division that he is playing in he has two quarterbacks in the AFC West that are better than he is and they are both younger than he is Justin Herbert's 23 Patrick Mahomes is 26 Derek Carr's 30 Justin Herbert 
and Patrick Mahomes are only getting better. I don't know how much better Derek Carr can get. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying Derek Carr doesn't deserve a job in the National Football League. He does. He absolutely does. But here, here's where I'm going with this. You are never going to get over the hump and beat Mahomes and this new kid, Justin Herbert. You ever heard, you, you see this new kid play ball? I'm not, listen, again, I'm not saying Darren Carr shouldn't be in the National Football League. But he can't be the third best quarterback in his division his whole career. The Raiders should do the, their best in these next few rebuilding seasons to try and find the guy that's better than Mahomes, better than Herbert, or at least one that can compete and win the division because by then hopefully you have a better team that's all around, kind of like the Chargers. Because, quite frankly, Justin Herbert doesn't need to be better than Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers, as a whole, are better. And Justin Herbert is not, he's not as good as Mahomes, but honestly, he's damn near. He's right there. He, he is right there. Okay? He doesn't do the kick flip 180, uh, uh, you know, off the freaking top of the Arrowhead Stadium while making a smoothie, you know, all that. But he, he's, a, he's a damn good quarterback, one of the best rookies we've ever seen. Like, Gruden isn't even the best coach in that division. How do you expect to win a division with the second best or third best coach and the third best quarterback? It's time to move off of Derek Carr and or, or, or continue to just go 500 the next five years because that's what's going to happen. The, you're, you cannot be the third best quarterback in your division and expect to compete every single year. It's just not going to happen. Unless you build a team like the Browns. And and then again, Baker Mayfield's not even the third best quarterback in his in his division. You know, I would put him, you know, first or second. And that's also a different scenario because none of those quarterbacks are the age of 30. And Derek Carr, speaking of 30, Derek, you know, Derek Carr should probably want out of out of Las Vegas. Why? Well, because last night he just lost to the Chargers. He loses to the Raiders all the time. He can't win the division. He can't even make the playoffs there because of the division that he is in. It's inevitable. If the Raiders were in the, let's say, AFC South, they'd probably win it. But they have no chance because four of their games this season are going to be against the Chargers and the Chiefs. And Denver's no slouch either. Their defense, Vic Fangio's defense, is is very good. So so why why not move off? I'm not saying get rid of Gruden. Because quite frankly... With what he has, he's coached the team up to three and oh, or well, three and one now, but they were three and oh, and they they competed with the Chargers. They did what, what, what they could. I mean, let's talk about that game. It was inevitable how that game was going to go. The Chargers have one of the best pass uh, defenses in the league. 
They only give up about 201 yards. Derek Carr was averaging 401 yards going into that game. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. It was it was an atrocious night for the Raiders' pass offense, offense all around. Josh Jacobs carried the ball 13 times for 40 yards. Derek Carr, he only threw 196 yards, so he cut his average in half. In half, okay? They held Henry Ruggs to just 60 yards, and honestly, one of them was a deep ball that accumulated about 40 of them. I don't know. The it's it's obvious the way that the game transpired last night. One thing that I will say that is a little questionable, the Chargers offense is just it doesn't seem to be firing on all cylinders like I assumed that it would be. They did put up 30 against Kansas City, but I mean, come on. It's Kansas City. Their defense is Probably one of the worst in the league. So what do you, I mean? What do you want me to say there? But other than that, Dallas they they put up twenty. The uh, last night twenty eight. It was a. It, I mean, it was a tough twenty eight. They put up twenty against Washington, and Washington's defense is being torched right now. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, especially with the Browns and the Chargers. I would expect a low scoring game in that one. I I think that the Chargers. Raiders game is going to mimic what the Browns char- what the Browns Chargers game is going to look like quite frankly um maybe not the same score differential um maybe not even the same outcome and winner but as far as the game is played I think it's going to be sort of the same thing the one thing that the Browns have is as the advantage that the Raiders did not last night is the Browns are going to run the football the Browns want to run the football Okay, so the Chargers pass defense doesn't really worry me much because the Browns already don't worry. It's not that they don't worry about the pass, but they're a run first team. You know that. So the one thing that does worry about me, however, on that mark is the Chargers are already a good pass defense. They know that. So they know that Cleveland is going to run the football. They're going to stack the box, I would assume, and just run and and just play heavy, heavy run defense and then know that they are just better on the on the defensive side of things but we'll see we'll break down the the Browns Chargers probably every day this week that's going to be a hell of a matchup um normally I have a a strong lean on on the game I don't really have a strong lean on how this game's going to go to be quite honest with you Cleveland I don't know this could be the this this could be a slip up game for for the Browns this could be a a dog fight in LA and I don't know. It doesn't. I know there was a lot of Raiders fans there at the game to, to uh, last night, and it wasn't. Uh, it didn't sound like a home game for the Chargers. But I don't know how many Chargers fans, how many Browns fans are out in LA. Who knows? So we talk about possibly Derek Carr being on the hot seat for you know other reasons that maybe doesn't. It doesn't mean necessarily that he just sucks. Right? We we explain that. There's someone else that I think is is probably on the hot seat, and I've been saying this a couple times throughout the the uh, shows here the last couple of weeks. Another guy that I believe that is on the hot seat in the National Football League. There is a coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name is Mike Tomlin. And 
as much as I have said, I respect the hell out of that guy. And I believe that he is a hell of a football coach. Here's the kicker. Here's the thing. I think he's gone after the season. Gone. Think about the last couple of seasons. We went from not even five years ago with the Pittsburgh Steelers having one of the best offenses in the National Football League, if not the best. Led out by Big Ben, who was healthy, could throw the football, and was not completely immobilized at the time. But now you think back, they had Antonio Brown, one of the best receivers in the league. They had Le'Veon Bell, one of the best running backs in the league. They had one of the best defenses in the league. What happened to Le'Veon Bell? And what happened to Antonio Brown? Both headaches, both problems, both antics, couldn't, couldn't control themselves, affected the team, and then they ended up on other teams. Then what happened? Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool come into, come into town. They can't, they can't be tamed. They can't be controlled. And they're not even at the elite star power that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown were. Mike Tomlin cannot control this locker room, and he hasn't been able to for the last four to five years. It's inevitable. Read between the lines. He's got no control over the locker room. Juju Smith-Schuster is making TikToks on, on opposing teams' logo during pregame. The Steelers are 2-8 and eight with two losses against the Cleveland Browns, one at home in the playoffs dating back to last season. But, you know, we blamed, we blamed Bell, we blamed Antonio Brown, we blamed Juju Smith-Schuster. We're now blaming a guy, well, he was a rookie, we were blaming a rookie Chase Claypool. Let me ask you, what rookie comes into the league and acts like that? Um... A rookie who comes into an organization where the head coach has absolutely no control over his locker room. No control over there like Kevin Stefanski, 2020. 2020, coach of the year, NFL coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. Well, we'll see. I could be wrong on the whole thing. American League wild card game tonight. Yankees, Red Sox, I got the Yankees. Think they win the game. Good show. Really good. Good stuff. Lot to talk about this week. Um, couldn't fit it all in today. The flagship show for the Cleveland sports fan with Oshimida, Scoot, Dr. Dog, and myself will be out at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Pacific on the ClevelandSportsFan.com, the Cleveland Sports Fan Network. And, of course, on Apple Podcasts, this, The Burley Gunner Show.